Hello, everyone. I guess y'all decided that y'all needed another dose. Welcome back to a weekly discussion of Hoish Judgments, a conversation about pop culture, LGBTQ culture, as well as mental health, and also a table topic. My name is Lonnie, and you can always join the conversation throughout all of my social media outlets, which is the same as the podcast name, W-R-Y-H Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm currently working on an official like page for Facebook, but I already kind of had one, and it just ain't panning out to what I thought it was going to be. But I'm going to work out the kinks and get you guys an official Facebook like page as well. I'm going to take a moment to thank everyone for their feedback for the first episode, um, which was tremendously a success. As y'all heard, it would sound a little rough, but I'm working the kinks out with the editing, so I just said, bump it. I'm going to make y'all episode anyway. Even though I wasn't fully prepared, I still said, oh, F it. Let's just do it. Um, Before I get into the antics of this week's episode, I want to take a moment to say to anyone that's currently being affected by Hurricane Florence, you are currently in my thoughts and prayers, especially if you are by the coast of North Carolina, which got heavily hit by the hurricane. Um, they got dumped with a lot of rain. I know the north here in the northeast, we're supposed to get hit with it on Tuesday, but it's mainly supposed to be the rain. It's the remnants. So it's kind of what we expect. We always get it. So it is what it is. So... Let's jump right into the conversation. Um, this I nicknamed this one. I originally called it on my TV. I think that's a little cliche. I really don't care for it. So instead, I'm going to call it <laughs> TV Guy. If you were a late 80s baby, early 90s kid, you know why I'm calling it TV Guy. And I actually prefer it. So this is normally where I spoil things. We're only going to discuss Power Insecure. If you have not seen either episode from last week, please Fast forward until I get to on my timeline because I don't want y'all coming at me like my boy Anthony did up in Boston and trying to cover my neck because I done spoiled the show for him. So this is the time that y'all need to take out now to do so. If not, boom, let's get right into it. So as you all know, last week Power wrapped up their season finale, which was kind of predictable. I'll say that. Um... As we all know, the one that we wanted to see die, Dre, he ain't dead. Um, He went into witness protection child after somebody tried to kill him. Um, I'm skimming through the episode for power. Um, The RICO investigation heated up. They found out that Terry Silver was actually working with um, Internal Affairs to try and take down Angela as well. And take down, of course, ghosts because they all were really after ghosts. They didn't really care for Angela. They just knew she was protecting him. So Terry goes to see Tasha. They have a conversation. They end up boning. And Ghost is watching in the rear view, which is kind of weird because of the fact that they are currently going, like, they're a situationship. That's the best way to describe it. So next thing you know, they are humping. And as Tasha's leaving, Terry's walking back to his car, Ghost kills him. Sorry, y'all. Terry's gone. We all knew it was going to happen eventually. So getting back to the heat of things, Tommy finds out that Ghost actually had, that Ghost set up for the Italians to tell him, which we all know why he set up for the Italians to tell him, because if it would have came from him, Tommy wouldn't have believed him, because he had been trying to tell him about Ceresi the whole season, and it finally came to a head that it was, it came out that he was speaking to the CIA. Uh... 
the FBI, whatever you want to call these people, girl. The FBI. The FBI. We'll go with that. So he kills his father. So in turn, he tries to kill ghosts. Um, and instead, they're, him and Angela are in the hallway. They're kissing. And then Angela looks up and sees the silencer being pointed. And he was trying to shoot ghosts, but she moves ghosts out of the way and she takes the bullet for him. So the dynamic for the next season of Power is going to be real interesting because of the fact that now you got the corrupt little councilman, which is played by Lawrence Tate. He's running for governor. Um, you also have, of course, now you have a line wedge between Ghost and Sami, like a real line. It was already one this season, if you didn't already notice, but now it's a severe line. So we're going to see how that pans out. Um, as you know, ahead of the premiere for season five, they already got renewed for season six. Well, before the show even came on, they got renewed. So there will be a season six of Power. Can't wait. The only bad part is because it is summer TV, that means you will be waiting until the middle of next summer to get power once again. Now I get to vent about my show. Insecure. This is episode five highlight. Now I thought Fresh Light, which was the episode before that, which was where Issa had an impromptu date with Nathan or Ferdinand, because I'm going to call her Ferdinand because <laughs> Issa called her Ferdinand because she never calls somebody by their real name or she comes up with something kooky to name them instead. So in this episode, she named him Ferdinand. But instead, I'm just I'm going to call him Nathan. I'm going to call him Nathan. That's his birth name. That's the name his mama gave him. We're going to call him Nathan. I thought that Fresh Life was going to be my favorite episode. Come to find out, it is now this episode, which is highlight. This is the episode where they go to Coachella. Originally, I'm going to skim through the episode for the most part to get to the good shit. Originally, um, Molly was not supposed to... Molly tried to back out because she took on something to make herself look good to the partners and she was going to back out of Coachella. But, of course, Issa's like, no, I need this weekend. And, of course, she's close to the Molly, so she wants Molly to be there with her. Little through the experience, she's like, they boring, they boring, they boring. And then it's, it's like they're sitting right in the front seat and you're saying all these things while you're on FaceTime. Sidebar, how the hell can you FaceTime somebody on an Android? Don't you have to go through like Google Hangouts or something or even Facebook Messenger? Like, how the hell did she FaceTime her? And Issa has an Android, but Molly has an iPhone. That's just, okay, that's just the real world me talking. All right, whatever. So, long story short, my girl Issa is getting used to being a Lyft driver full time at the moment. Um, she finally got prepared for someone regurgitating her car. She had a bottle of water as well as a um, plastic bag in case they need to regurgitate. She was here to listen to this older lady. Um, she was turning up for the lesbians in the back seat. I, I just, I lived to see this. So we're going to go ahead and get right into Coach Ella. So they get there and Issa's trying to, Issa's the energy of this episode of just being at Coachella and they get there. The first thing Tiffany wants to do, because of course she's pregnant and they just drove two hours. She wants to sleep. And she's like, no, we got, no, we're going to do this at the third. No, once you lay down, you know you ain't going to get back up. So <laughs> Kelly is like, she ain't going to get back up. <laughs> she was like, she just leave, but she ain't going to get back up. So you automatically know something's wrong with Kelly. She was like, don't get mad at me, but um, 
I thought we were going straight to Coachella, bitch. I took an edible. <laughs> I was like, why? Why are you already starting the shenanigans? So they try to wait up. They, my um, Issa gets confirmation Molly be there in two hours beforehand. All this took place. Molly finally makes it down to Palm Springs where Coachella takes place. And all of them are asleep. Um, Tiffany's knocked out. Kelly's knocked out. And Issa is on the couch dressed, knocked out sleep. So Molly... Of course, because she already made obligations to the partners to get some paperwork done. She takes the advantage of them sleeping to do her work, which is very smart. She's like, let me get this out of the way because I want to enjoy my fucking weekend, bitch. So she does her work. She's like, who did that? You did. She gave herself the good old pep talk, up talk or whatever may have you. The next day comes about. If you got the reference of what Issa did, you are forever the homie because she referenced the Bad Girls Club for this part uh, where she's like, I got too much sleep because of y'all. Y'all ain't getting no sleep because of me. So she got up. Of course, Molly is the first to intervene. All of them look at her like she's crazy. Molly's like, bitch, I only got three hours of sleep last night, which is true because she drove the two hours to come there and she went right to her laptop and did her work. So automatically they take a shot to Rosé. Of course, Tiffany is saying she can't take Rosé, she's pregnant. Mom, like, mom, she was like, my mama had a glass of wine every day that she was pregnant. Um, and so they take it. Fast forward, they um, get ready to go somewhere, but Nathan finally texts her back because she, in the beginning of the episode, was starting to feel like Nathan wasn't interested or something was wrong because she hadn't heard from him. Come to find out, he remembered that she said she was going to Coachella, and he said him and his boys had decided to drive down. So... Isla automatically is like, change the plans. So they go straight to Palm um, to the pool party where they're at. And if you notice that Gallant was playing, I believe his name was Julian, then you are forever the homie because a lot of people didn't get the reference that that was really Gallant. Gallant is like an a, a indie, like alternative R&B artist. And his music is actually really good. So I was glad to see him in this episode and they're all popping molly and edibles and first of all i ain't alone no marijuana i'm the first to tell you but i'm just not with the other shits like they were sitting and popping molly they were talk- having full-blown conversations and all that good stuff and of course when you're on any type of drug your senses are heightened and of course i don't i've never done molly so east was with him a real aroused by Nathan's touch <laughs> and it lets them kissing and all that good stuff. So next thing you know, they're going to the main event at Coachella and Tiffany is like, well, they said it's real spotty cell service here. So they're all like, does anyone have cell service? <laughs> like, um, didn't Tiffany just tell y'all that the cell service is actually really spotty? So mind you, they're all still, they're all still hiding. They're already popping mollies, but they're about to pop some more. Um, so Tiffany's like, we all have to save a spot for Beyonce. Like, we gotta stay here. We have to go on shifts. If we all leave, we're gonna lose our spots. So, automatically, Issa's thirsty. So Nathan is already there with us. So he's like, you know, why don't we go get us something to eat or whatever? So, not thirsty, get us something to drink. So they go get something to drink. Issa asks him in the process of going to get something to drink. Molly, by the way, um, Kelly decides she's hungry and she takes the little the black dude with her, whatever may have you. Esau actually asked Nathan why she had come from, why she had heard from him, and she lets him know. Um, he lets her know that 
that he did, felt like he had came on too strong before, which is normally a misconception if you don't have conversation and that kind of doesn't happen. So they decided, you know, the Ferris wheel, yeah, she gave, she finally got something from Nathan on the Ferris wheel. I'm like, you are really about this life and I live for you, sis. So they're all there. Long story short, they get into this big brawl about a spot in Molly's jacket. And Molly is really, like, they have really been popping Molly's. And Molly obviously had popped way too many because she was trying to lay down. It's common knowledge that if you, if you lay down while you're on a Molly, you're going to pass out. So they had to stop her automatically. Like, no, 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 no. You cannot pass out. I mean, you cannot lay out because if she laid out, she was going to pass out. So... Um, they go back, to, uh, they get kicked out of Coachella because of this fight. And Kelly was like, y'all bitches said Beyonce her bus. So she runs trying to go back into the event. She gets tased and she pees on herself. And then, then she was like, look away. I don't want y'all to have this memory of me. It was just too funny. And Issa is finally, um, well, she had already met up with them. But um, her and Nathan had came back. They kissed. And she's like, they, it's all kind of my fault. I need to go talk to them. So they go in the house and all of them are freaking out. Molly's freaking out because she when she finally got cell service, um, the other guy that she's working with, his name escapes me at the moment. He ended up making more edits and getting more praise from the partner. So she's automatically freaking out trying to get on her laptop. Um, she's still freaking out because she can't find a jacket. Um, <laughs> Kelly has residual tase rage which makes you automatically angry Tiffany's in the closet crying on the phone with Derek and admitted to Derek she had a bite of a um, edible earlier and she was like my weed baby what am I doing I'm a bad mother so it's just it was it all it was a funny episode but the end of the episode made everyone's day because she automatically the next day gets up with Kelly I mean, I probably with Tiffany because Tiffany wants water, but there was nothing about alcohol in the refrigerator. Real girl strip tease. So she said, you know, we'll go to the store. This part was very real, especially if you've been around friends that have had children and they've moved on. Either they got married or they had kids. Things change because they're not in the same headspace as you. And that is okay. So she was like, it's different. Like, we're different. And that's very understandable because things are changing. You're already married. Of all of their clique, she's the only married one. And now you're adding a you're gonna add a mother onto that title. So it's like you're not just a wife, you're also about to be a mom. Things are definitely gonna change. Like she said, we'll always remain friends, but it comes with the territory. Things are gonna change and it's actually healthy for it to change because you're now a mom. You're not just in these streets and single. Like, you're a, you're a wife and a mom now, and you're about to have a baby. So, they have a very real conversation in the car, and Issa goes in, and because she knows Tiffany is the bougie one of them all, she knows she wants alkaline water. She does not want regular water. You can't get her no damn polar spring. You probably get that polar spring thrown out if you bring her polar spring water. So she goes up to the register because she doesn't see it. She's like, y'all have any alkaline water? And lo and behold, who turns around, East motherfucking son is Chad. And we're like, okay, you ran into Chad at 7-Eleven, girl. But this whole time, you finally see Chad. So Chad is, of course, 
slipping a slipping um sipping on a slurpy child. And lo and behold, he was like, hey, you see this? And lo and behold, who come around the corner from the slurpy machine is Dan this fucking Lawrence. I'm like, uh I'm like, Issa, we just got to a place where we can finally say he's done. And now he comes back into play. Now, I originally believed that we were not going to see Lawrence until season four. But I'm like, shit, here he is now. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this next episode that comes on tonight, because I record on Sundays in the morning, is going to be the return of Lawrence. We're going to find out what Lawrence has been up to. So this should be very fun. I don't know if Lawrence is going to play a staple now in her storyline, but obviously he's back for a reason and he is back tonight. You can play with you hoes. So that is it for the TV guide. Y'all are safe now. I can now talk about the timeline on my timeline. <laughs> Reclaiming my time. Let's get started because there's actually a lot this week on my timeline. A lot has taken place in a week. So, we're going to start with um, the most iconic one of them all. Drake and Meek Mill squashed their beef. Um, recently, during the Aubrey and the Three Amigos trip, um, tour, excuse me, trip, trip, tour, Drake, it was, they were in Boston, and Drake brought out Meek Mill to his set with him, and I think they performed Amen. That's like the one song that they have together that I know for a fact is them. So it put it squash your beef because you know they got to beef over Nikki. And now that that beef is done and they've been reconciled and it had a lot to do with Kevin Hart trying to get them to reconcile the beef because they're both friends with Kevin and he was able to get them to reconcile. So we're happy to see it. they flicked it up for the gram. They flicked it up on the tour. They were playing play a ping pong on the scorpion table after the tour. It was very, as y'all hear, I'm getting over a sinus cold right now. It was very good to uh, to see. It was very good to see. It was, gave us hope, and it just was good to see these two brothers squash the um, the differences. It was very healthy and very hope feeling that maybe a rub off on their friend, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, Beyonce and Latoya, like it was just a it was just a week of reconciliation. Beyonce and Latoya Luckett were spotted together during Beyonce's stints of the one on one two tour with of course with her husband Jay-Z. They went to Arlington, Texas. If you don't know what Arlington is, Arlington is I forget how far outside of Houston, but it's not that far from Houston. And they were there and Latoya came out. Of course as y'all know Latoya is pregnant as hell right now. And she went backstage to see B and B and her are embracing each other and B of course is holding the baby's stomach. And as y'all know, this is the first time the two have been photographed together since their Destiny Child days. Uh, it was very nice to see the two of them together. It gave me, as a Destiny Child fan, of course, as a Beyonce stand, it gave me hope that they can, that they weren't just saying it to say it. They were saying it because they meant it, that they worked past their issues and were able to move on. Because issues were really with Matthew, who was at the Houston show the first night in Houston last night, I saw someone had flicked um, quite a picture of Matthew there, which is no real tea because Beyonce actually wants him to be a part of his grandchildren's life. So they kind of 
buried the hatchet on their issues. So shout out to them in the real growth of sisterhood. Hopefully to rub off on some other people in the industry. We'll get to that in a while. So, excuse me. Cat Williams has made headlines this week. Uh, I do and do not stand for Cat because he, in a way he is slightly problematic, but we're going to get to that. Um, first things first, he reads Wanda of V103. I don't know which state or city this is in, but Sis came for his hair and he just lit her up like a sparkler on the 4th of July, bitch. She, he said, only one of us hair is moving as we talk. This is my hair is 19 inches long, and this is no her. I'm like, you better let her know how long your natural hair is, and you don't need a wig or a weave. And sis couldn't take, he was giving, he was throwing them back to back. You need to learn with comedians, you cannot try to disrespect them. And sorry for my phone, y'all going here and I ain't it out, whatever. Um, you want to learn with comedians, you cannot disrespect them. Like, they are, they're the goats. They're the go-to people, and not everyone can understand that comedians are not to be played with. And he went to go into um, her jewelry. He's like, only one of us has on $12 worth of jewelry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I had to key at that. <laughs> he, I'm sorry, he just let her have it, and it was iconic, and I lived, and it was not prompt. And she tried to backpedal, and they tried to say, oh, let's play some music. Nah, you started, this is what happens. But the reason why I say he's problematic, he had a few slug words for Tiffany Haddish. I don't know why the vet male comedians have such a vendetta against Tiffany Haddish because he's not the first one. He's actually the second male vet comedian that had something to say about Tiffany Haddish. The other person had something to say was Mike Epps. So he was saying that he... Everyone has that one ghetto cousin that we all love and technically that's Tiffany. And he's like, I stand for Lunell. You know, Lunell is a funny-ass bitch. I love Lunell. I don't know if you are familiar with female comedy. Lunell is the female comedy goat. In all honesty, if I'm being really frank, she is like the fucking Bernie Mac of female comedy. She is a great, and you cannot disrespect her. Like, she will light your ass up. She holds no punches. And Kevin Hart came to her defense because he was stating that um, basically... Cat Williams feels like she can't tell jokes. Kevin Hart had to put those receipts out there. Like, my sister's been working for a whole year. She has been... And Tiffany Haddish is not a new comedian, female comedian. She's actually been in the game for so long. And it's finally time for her to get her shine. She took her moment, and she saw that window, and she bum-rushed that window. And just was like, I'm going to break now. And that's exactly what she did with Girls Trip. And she's been working ever since. She got an Emmy for her appearance on Saturday Night Live. Just like you got an Emmy for your appearance in Atlanta. So you can't hate on sis. Like, she's getting her money. She's getting her shine on. And I don't know what's up with you male comedians, but maybe y'all need to get back behind the board. Go back and rethink some things. Redo some things. Shake some tables. Do something with your life. Who raised this hoe? Because what, what kind of man is comfortable in disrespecting a woman's work ethic? Why are you so comfortable with disrespecting this woman that has been working? And it's not like it was handed to her. We're not talking like 
oh, her father is such and such or her or this and the third. No, she worked. She did the struggle. She was homeless. She did. She was living out of a car at one point. You cannot sit here and disrespect sis. Sorry to inform you. She works too hard and she ready. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, this one I saw on Twitter and I believe it to be true. It's two things. We're going to discuss Rihanna's um, Savage Fenty by Fenty um, for um, fashion show when she closed out Fashion Week. Now, if you're not familiar with the fashion world, Mark Jacobs is fashion royalty and he lost his clothing spots to Rihanna. His show that Sunday was um, I believe it was Friday or Saturday. I forget which one. Um, was at 6 o'clock. The Savage Fenty by Fenty show was at 7.30. Mark Jacob delayed his show. Literally no one started coming out. Nothing. And some of the editors for magazines left to go to the, the Savage by Fenty show because they had to be there. Like, we're not going to wait for you. No. So they started to leave to go to the Savage by Fenty show, which it was a very beautiful fashion show. She had different walks of life, different women, different women, different shades, different body shapes, pregnant women. There was two pregnant ones. And Slick Woods, which was the African sister that was pregnant. Um, what we didn't know was that Sis was in labor during the show. And she slayed that runway. And then right afterwards, went right to the hospital. And 13 hours later, she had her son. Now, she didn't reveal this until after he was born. That during the fashion show, she was pregnant. But it was all over her face. I mean, that she was in labor. It was all over her face. But she just disguised it well. Like, I'm still going to pump on this show. I'm still going to show you hoes. I can be in labor and slay a runway. I'm that girl. So you are black girl magic. We love you. And that's what you do. You strap on that baby, even in labor, pump that runway, and then pump over to the hospital, push that baby on out. Stop playing with your life, girl. <laughs> but congratulations. Um, of course, she hasn't shown any pictures yet, but I'm sure he's handsome. John Legend is officially a legend. Um, he is the first black man and the youngest man ever to receive the EGOT status which is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he won, was it? No, it was the Emmy he just won for his work with Jesus Christ Superstar. He already had a Tony for another project that he did on Broadway. I think it's the same one. I'm missing my facts on this one, so mind my negligence, but he's officially a legend. He even showed a video of him putting it up on his mantle. The man is getting his money, and we love it. You are a legend, John. Shout out to you, girl. Tamar Braxton reveals childhood molestation. So if you guys haven't been aware with um, what's going on with Braxton Family Values right now, um, the sisters have all walked off the show um, due to pay that they all were supposed to be in unity about. And obviously they left one person out and she still wants to record, um, which is Tracy. So, of course, because of that, the tension between the sisters has reached an all-time high, and it led to some people making remarks like, I just, like you're dead to me, which we all know they came from Tamar, by the way. Um, so, it led to them going on, Ayama fixed my life. Now, Ayama, Tamar went on Wendy um, to talk about what's been going on, and 
she reveals to Wendy that, of course, she has a new man. She is happy. She is in love. And she also reveals that she revealed to Ayama during their therapy session that she went through molestation, not by one, by multiple men on both sides of the family. And she wants to rid of the shame. And she felt like Ayama was basically victim shaming her. And that's when she got upset and just left. So, of course, in this instance, Ayama is a Ayama Fix My Life is a good show, but Ayama will always push that envelope. So I understand where Tamar's coming from. And it led her to start a campaign called No Need to Be Shame. So it's for victims of molestation and rape that feel ashamed or feel like they shouldn't have to be ashamed because it's a learning lesson for them. And I commend her for starting that movement for people not to be ashamed of living their truth. So, sis, you have all of my um, all of my love and support for that, and I commend you for revealing that secret and being brave enough, because not too many people are brave enough to reveal that they went through a traumatic experience as a child. Um, I want to touch quickly, briefly, and for the last time on this Nikki versus Cardi situation. I'm sure I'll probably revisit in the near future. However, for now, I'm done. This is it. Y'all oversaturated the story. I'm sick of hearing it and seeing it on my damn timeline, especially from these immature, broke-ass barbs. Yeah, I said it. Y'all can at me, ho. At me. I'm ready for the fight, bit. So... <clears throat> As predicted, Nikki responded on Queen Radio, and she made a bunch of allegations, which, as we all knew, she was going to get on Queen Radio act like she's big and bad, and that everything was were like, oh, this, that, the third, the cat had the kitten. Girl, let me get into it. So she said, quote, unquote, when you touch your hands on certain people, there's repercussions, and, oh, she called black women roaches, um... She built her career on sympathy and payola, and she's sitting here calling other people's dead children monkeys, and this and the third. So the statement about black call, her calling black women roaches that actually was very true, but she is a few statements that she made in this that needs to be addressed because Cardi apologized for that statement. Now I had to sigh on that one. I'm sorry. Number one, sympathy and payola. I Cardi had to let it be known that's a, that's false. I never had to beg a DJ to to play my like she begged self in the beginning of her career, but she had got to the point where you know what, I'm gonna show you better than I can tell you, and that's when she released a track called Stripper Hub. So after that, when she did Gangsta Bitch Volume One, y'all know every hood girl knew the words. But forever, word for word. So you can't sit here and say, oh, Sophie Viola. No, she showed clips of her on tour after Love and Hip Hop and showed the girl singing her, the words to forever, word for word. Even on OTR2, she's not even a part of OTR2. Khaled started playing Bodak Yellow. The whole arena sung Bodak Yellow, the chorus of Bodak Yellow, word for word. And it's like, you can't make these things up. Sis also posted a receipt stating, oh, I have the fifth, the actually, excuse me, the third highest selling album of hip hop albums of this year. Sitting at 1.5 million albums sold. 
and you still believe I was built off of sympathy? Cute. That's real cute for you, sis. But Queen has been out for a month and it still hasn't moved the weight, but you still running your face over at Queen Radio. You sat here and said all these things. That, oh, and then she tried to say she ain't stopping nobody's bags. Like, you had five people come forth and say you maliciously stopped them. How are they lying? In some point, in some occasion, there has to be somebody doing some lying. In the incident, I believe both are wrong. But I believe Nikki looks worse because you not only did not physically retaliate, you went behind, you went, it went yeah, you went back to your platform and you did exactly what everyone predicted you to do. Talk big shit on Queen Radio. And you had the biggest ass kisser as your guest DJ for that week, Funk Flex. Child, I'm done with it. I don't want to talk about it no more. I just want, at this point, they could fight. All I can, just me, run her around at this point. Just run her around and just shut it. Just shut it. Ugh. I had to take a breather after that one. <laughs> um, I want to touch on Botham Jean. If you are not following this story, there's a reason I saved him for last because I have a lot <laughs> to say on this. Um, Botham Jean is actually a brother that is basically was shot by Dallas police in his own apartment. His own apartment, he was shot and killed. So recently, of course, the officer actually got charged, which is a good thing because he was in the sanctity of his own home when she shot him. Now, recently, Sean King, who is a writer, tried to get in contact with Dallas police and asked them for the uh, basically the search results of the officer's home. It never took place, but they're they're trying to victim shame him by saying he had marijuana in his house. So that was so having weed in your home is an excuse to get killed. I never knew. So please let me know. Like we can't sell CDs, we can't sell water, um, we can't drive innocently with our families anymore. There's so many things that we can't do. And then you have this video I found on Twitter. Or this woman just trying to call the police and insinuate this man to get killed or possibly something worse happened to him. Well, killing is worse. Um, just have him incarcerated over something stupid and he's not moving the car. You can see it. She's trying to embellish. She's yelling for Mike who does not exist. And it's just... It's a sad state of the world when I have to possibly prep myself to have the conversation of being a black man in America and what you can and cannot do with my own nephew. Mind you, he's only two. And when he finally gets to the age to comprehend and understand some things, I'm going to have that conversation with him because in Trump America, you can where bigotry and racism are endorsed, celebrated, and just enforced. You have to have these conversations with, especially with black men, especially with black men. You have to have these conversations that you unfortunately have to deal with an entity that would never understand you and they have never respected you. And now you, now more than ever, you have to understand they will never respect you. That's deep. 
that's real deep. It's real. It's real sad that you have to have these talks with our men now more than ever to understand these people will never respect you ever in life. They will never respect you. And you have the few, and I'm not speaking about all non-people of color. I'm talking about the ones that live and thrive off of bigotry and racism. And even if it's suppressed, it still rears its ugly head to come out and just mean, mean you wrongdoing and harm. And it's sad. It's sad that brother had to lose his life. And it's sad that as the police captain of Dallas is a black woman, that you feel like she shouldn't have to be investigated. That's sad to me. That's sad. That's somebody's son that's not going to return home. That's somebody's potential father. And I'm not speaking about Botham Jean. I'm speaking about these men that, especially it's one case, I forget the brother's name. There's just been so many, you forget their names at this point. That's sad. Where he got shot by the police and his children and his girlfriend were in the car. He got shot and killed in front of his kids. And then the problem is, especially when it's recorded, that image of your parent dying does not die. It lives on. The world is going to see it. They're going to replay it. And every time you look at a news outlet, you're replaying someone dying. You're replaying someone dying. Like someone lost their life. You're replaying someone dying for no reason, for no just, no law was broken, no nothing. This person just was living their life and you're going to take theirs. And then the worst part of it all is that this brother was killed in his own apartment. His own damn apartment. And it was another video uploaded on Twitter where one of the people that live in the same apartment complex, the door automatically closes behind you, which meant you had to block the door from closing for you to get in, which means you, you basically intruded on his privacy. You were loitering at that point. You weren't walking in his home and you shot him. For what? And then I would say, oh, he had marijuana in his apartment. So does also these white fucking stoners. Like you gotta, uh, I'm trying to raise my blood pressure for the week, y'all. I ain't got time. <laughs> um, that's going to conclude this week of On My Timeline because I promise y'all I will embellish and ramble on about this topic because it just infuriates me as a black man in America, especially Trump America. Yeah. And we so are back. Right into, oh, oh, wait, y'all hear my phone going? No, I put, the, no, put it back on vibrate. No, 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 but it is time for our table topic. I had to get me some wine to finish. <laughs> mm. So recently on the day room, they had an article for a study done by three universities and it asked, it posed the question, are breakups contagious? And I counter that question with another question. Um, Do you believe that breakups are contagious to the seasons? Because for some reason, 
around this time of the year, everyone wants to be in a relationship all of a sudden. It's starting to get cold outside, especially for, you know, the more toned and muscular people. All of a sudden, they want to find someone with a little more body fat than them. And they just want to play, oh, we're in a relationship. I'm so in love. I'm so happy. Blah, 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 blah. But then let the weather change. All of a sudden, these people start acting completely up. And now you just hear about, oh, we broke up. We not together no more. And blase, 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 I had the kitten. So I pose the question is, do you believe that the breakups are, they come with the change of the season? Because I've made it perfectly known on my social media. Because y'all know I'm very outspoken about being plus size, being a big boy or plus size male, which is like either husky or I don't, I don't know how they word it for men or um, big and tall. There you go. So I may perfectly know if you can only entertain me for a couple months out of the year, don't bring that, keep that same energy, all of it. The whole year, for your whole lifetime, I'm no one's fetish, and to me, that is a part of fetish culture. When people only want to entertain certain individuals because of the change of the seasons and the time of the year, no ho, I'm not gonna be your Valentine. No, you ain't get no Christmas gift from me. I don't even know you, but yet all of a sudden, because the weather is changing. Oh, we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be happy. And I got to deal with all your BS. And then nine times out of ten, you don't even come with a winter coat. You don't come with nothing but expect everything in the world. How does that work? One of the best things I've ever been through was actually going through a relationship and realizing that it takes more than just... The pill of a person to make it work. Sometimes it actually takes work to make it work. If you're not willing to compromise or even meet a person halfway at what they're trying to offer you or give you, if they're not being reasonable with you and your condition, whatever you got going on in your life, you need to leave. Don't even entertain them. Don't get them the time of day. Just walk. Don't even entertain it. And yes, this actual study. It took place, child. Um, hold up the article right now. It took place for Brown University, Harvard, um, and UC San Diego. Said that nine times out of ten, if you're dealing with, if you have a friend that's going through a breakup currently, and or even a divorce, then nine times out of ten, you and your partner, or there's a percentage that's a close to seventy-five, says that you and your partner are about to go through a rough patch too. So it's all about vibes and that energy. And I still believe it has to do with the time of year. So you, your spouse, y'all can keep that same energy away from me. I'm good over here. I'm still can't find no dates and I'm okay with it at this point. Keep that same energy away from me. Love y'all from afar. Love you much. I mean it. (laughs) Kind of don't, but it do. But yeah, it's just keep that same energy away from me and keep that same energy away from you. Love yourself enough to know 
just because of the fact that they're going through it don't mean that you and yours got to go through it. And sometimes it's okay to just mute your friend that's going through some things. Just mute them. Mute them. Stop answering the text. Stop picking up the phone. Just let them deal with it on their own. But just learn how to keep certain things and entities away from you. Live your life for you and not because someone's going through it too. And I think that's all I have on it. But I want to hear y'all, your thoughts on it. I have a bad tendency of saying y'all as if I don't, as if I have no proper education. I want to hear your thoughts on possible changing of romantic climates to the season. Child, let me hear y'all comments on that. Um, I want to brush off to the ultimate selfie. Um, <clears throat> as you all know, um, Ariana Grande finally spoke out about Mac Miller's passing. Um, and it led with all the conversation of substance abuse, and not to mention this past week was actually supposed to be Amy Winehouse's 35th birthday. If you know me, you know how I feel about Amy. Child, I'm guessing this why. Yes, God. <laughs> so, it led Scotty, um, Brim, who is Justin Bieber's longtime manager, who said he reportedly at one point feared that Justin would have a drug overdose. Um, it went on to say that he did an interview with Red Pill Podcast, and Scotty remembered more scary times for just for him and Justin. I'm pulling this from the shade room that got the synopsis from the actual interview. Calling that period in Justin's life a dark place. He goes on to say, there was a time where I would go to sleep every, almost every night when he had the money to fly away from me and I was worried that every night I was going to lose him. At this point, apparently, Scotty put a, put a place in a very strict no touring or show policy. He goes on to say, that was the time that I was telling him that he's not allowed to work. He used to yell and scream at me and wanted me to put me and wanted to put music out. He wanted to tour, but I thought if he did that, he would die. So I refused. We weren't making any money. It was like I was trying to take it wasn't like I was trying to take advantage. I didn't want him to work. I wanted him to get healthy. Understand what he just said. Now, more than ever, a lot of these celebrities are dealing with issues with depression issues with anxiety, um, issues with just general issues with mental health to the point where they lean on substances. And it's a known fact that the majority of the people in Hollywood are on some type of substance, one way or another. It, and this does not include, well, I include marijuana, but it leads to other substances like cocaine, molly, lean. And to me, I'm sorry, lean is like basically code for I was doing coke. Just don't care what anyone says. But we all want to have this conversation of substance abuse or even mental health until something tragic happens. It's like the pattern of America where everyone wants to sweep mental health under a rug as if it does not exist. And then you get moments like what happened to <clears throat> like things that happened to Mac Miller and Winehouse. Um Whitney Houston, and I'm including people of color too because it happens to everyone. It does not know a color. Even like like everyone that you've lost at an early age or even gone through a dark place, like Bow Wow opened up that he was doing lean and spending like um, 2,500 in weed a week. 
at one point in his life. And it's like, at some point, you have to understand it's just not celebrities. It goes to regular people, too, because you never know what the next person is going through. Sometimes you have to be that ear, and sometimes you have to enforce your hand to help someone get better. But I also want to enforce, you cannot force someone to want to get better. They have to want to do it for themselves. Like, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to take them to rehab and things are going to be better. Sometimes they have to want that for themselves. You can't force it. It's sad, but it's the honest to God truth. You have to let them want it for themselves. And in this instance, if you are going through any form of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, substance abuse, or anything, I pray you find the strength to seek help, to seek health. Help. Ugh, tongue tied child. Why? Seek help. It's help for you, but you have to want the help in return. You have to want the help in return and not reject it. And know when someone's actually doing something for you to better yourself, opposed to sitting here enabling you or having this is the problem with being surrounded by nothing but yes men, even in for the regular people that's surrounded by nothing but yes men. Sometimes it's power in the word no. Okay, I want y'all to live forever in 25 years so I can continue to judge you and tell you that that is not the shoe that you had on last night when you came home from the club. And it is what? Going on 10 a.m. and you just getting through the door. Mm, mm, mm. And I think at that point, that concludes my show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I think I've rambled on enough. <laughs> um, please continue to be a part of the conversation on social media, Instagram and Twitter, for instance. I am WRYH Podcast. You can find me again. It is WRYH Podcast. If you like the podcast, please like, <laughs> rate, and subscribe especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps the movement for the numbers go up. I'm going to continue to give you guys a good show as you are going through the trial era stage with me. So thank you for staying with me. Thank you for listening to me tell y'all that y'all's inferior to my inferior. And I will see y'all next week. Peace.